Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dana Perino. Recently, I spoke with Ross Rayburn. He's the lead instructor of yoga and meditation for Peloton. Over the past few years, he has created a huge international following of students and fans that includes professional athletes, politicians, CEOs, and myself. We discussed his career, his unique perspective on fitness and mental health, and his new book, Turning Inward, The Practice of Introversion for a Calm, Joyful, Authentic Life. We made some edits for time and thought you might want to hear the whole thing. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Daily Fox News Rundown podcast. And you can also find my podcast, Perino on Politics, every Monday by going to foxnewspodcast.com. Now, here's Ross Rayburn on the Fox News Rundown Extra. All right, Ross Rayburn, I think we have to orient you and tell our audience, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Um, hi, first of all, I'm so honored to be here. Thank oh, you thank so you. much for Fox inviting News Rundown. me. I um, grew up in Clear Lake, Texas, which is part of Houston. And I was, you know, I had a wonderful childhood, wonderful. I was uh, drama and choir. I played a little bit of sports, played tennis. Um, we went to church all the time, Southern Baptist. Um, which was, you know, had its ups and downs. Um, I wasn't out at the time, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of rough. But, um, you know, I look back so fondly of growing up in Texas. How, how old were you when you did come out? Um, to my mom, because um, my father passed away in, when I was 17. Oh, wow, that's and that, tough. That would have been tough. I think he would have been okay, mm-hmm. but um, my mom was eventually okay, but mm-hmm. I was 24. Wow, yeah. Uh, you tell some funny stories about your mom sometimes in your classes. Like, but, but one time it was about how she's really good at being passive aggressive. She's amazing. <laughs> she's master. She should do a master class. First of all, she's, I like to say I inherited my best traits from her. She's um, gregarious and funny and, and she also loves politics. Um, and we actually even just had a really wonderful reconnect. Um, we had just gotten a little bit distant because of mm-hmm. busy lives and, mm-hmm. um, she was here over Thanksgiving and we're, she's just a very, very special lady. So you have written a book called Turning Inward, the practice of introversion for a calm, joyful, authentic life. I loved the book. I am a fan of yours. I do your classes, your, uh, yoga classes. I like your stretch classes as well, but in the, and the meditations. If I showed you, want me to show you something funny? So, so I know this is an audio, but you can see it on video. I'm just going to show him one thing about if I go to Peloton app, which I often do multiple times, I'm not going to join that challenge. Okay. Uh, if I go to meditation, <laughs> if I go to um, class type and go to sleep, okay, and then you can just go through here as like Ross, 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 <laughs> right. Ross, because... Uh, it has really helped me to add meditation to my life and to have it as have a guide mm-hmm. so that I don't get as distracted. I find that that's really helpful. Um, 
also to get oriented for everybody, how do you end up at Peloton? Did you even know what Peloton was when you get a call about becoming an instructor? You know, I'm going to really embarrass myself. I didn't actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew a little, I knew the name, but um, I had spent most of my, um, basically from 2007 till 2018, I spent most of my time outside of the States. I taught a lot in Europe, a lot in Asia. I had made a niche for myself teaching what yoga therapeutics, it's biomechanics basically, to help yoga teachers feel empowered when someone would walk in the room and say, my wrist hurts, or I've had a, um, you know, a hip replacement and wanted to help people know what to say. So I made, that was my niche to teach teacher trainings all around the country. And Peloton called when they started a yoga and meditation department and said, hey, would you be willing to come off the road mm -hmm. and join the team? And it was, you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made. That was a leap. It was a leap. It right. was a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, it turned out to be a fortuitous right. leap of faith, especially given, you know, with the pandemic, obviously we didn't know at the time. Um, it was such a massive honor to be able to hold that kind of space for so many people that I now hear about that, you know, dealt with a lot of really intense things for mm -hmm. that year and a half. It must be interesting and perhaps a little bit similar to being uh, on cable news in that you have people who watch you all the time. It's appointment viewing, right? They're like, they'll check when is Ross teaching or whoever else that they are looking forward to seeing. And it's almost as if they feel like they know you a little mm. bit because it. what was it like to go from teaching people in a room with you to being by yourself in a room, talking to a camera to try to get people to do the poses in your head that you could used to be able to see them do, and now you have to talk them through it. You, you, boy, you really nailed it. It was challenging. Um, I love challenges, so it was, in a way, it was like learning to teach all over again. Um, I love beginner's mind, and it was forced beginner's mind um, to do exactly what you just said. I, I had the most wonderful experience. My meditation teach, just a, a little background, mm -hmm. I hated meditation. I did it. I was teaching it. Why? Because you were fidgety? I was fidgety. My mind goes wild when I close also, my eyes. Sometimes you think, like, what's the point of this? I could be doing all my to-do list. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All of that. And But I knew I was supposed to be doing it. So therefore, I did it. And I was using other people's words and really felt like a fraud. And honestly, was a fraud. And then oh, I, I would, or you know, more like imposter syndrome. It right? was imposter syndrome. Okay. That's the perfect. That's a much more elegant way to say. Yeah, you're it. not. You're not a fraud. We all are doing it at some at yeah. some level. <laughs> and I just know that my my fear. I want. I love people. I love to serve, and I want to be doing it authentically. So I luckily met a woman named Sally Kimpton who just passed last year, um, and she's very much like Obi Wan. She's more powerful now, I think, than she was before. Um, she happened to be in New York when I started teaching on Peloton and she came over for lunch and she said, well, let's do one of your meditations, which was terrifying, um, to That's sit. That's like asking me to watch myself on TV. Like I'd rather crawl under the table and die. I, I can't do it. With your teacher sitting yeah. next no, to you. No, thank you. And she, I, I think I say this in the book, even like in her sublime simplicity, turned to me afterward and said, you know, just meditate. She had taught me how to enjoy meditation. Um, she taught me that I was always doing it in other ways. But I just didn't call it meditation. And that opened the door for me to understand it. And 
she said, just trust that if you drop in, if you do your thing, people will get it. Mm-hmm. And they, you don't need them to be in the room. You have to trust that you're just the guide. It's, it's their, their, what they have inside. This is why I called the book Turning Inward. Because I don't teach you how to meditation. I don't teach you anything. I just give a little bit of advice of what you turn into for no cost, other than maybe a deep breath. You turn into your own wisdom, your own creativity, full stop. Mm-hmm. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In the book, you talk about so many things. Look at my notes. Can you believe all these love, dog-eared pages love, and all love, these notes? I, I read it when I was on vacation in Spain. One of the things you talk about is on page 67. So you talk about that... There's a teaching that there are four winds that send our mind out of the present moment. Mm. Nostalgia, regret, anxiety, and hope. The reason I marked this in particular is because when I do have a few days off in a row, which is rare, but when we do get that, there comes a moment when I do feel like I can live fully in the present because I don't have, I'm not at home. I don't have anything to do at home. I'm not really worried about next week because I can't really do anything about what the news is going to be next week and I can live in the present. And I find that serenity such a gift. Mm. And I feel like God gives you these little moments of serenity in your life, but sometimes, but you can find them. But when I read that, that nostalgia, regret, anxiety, and hope, I was like, that is it. That's it. And you talk about how to recognize that and to figure out a way to harness that to, to help you the best. Can you explain a little bit more? Well, first of all, you it, it's almost like I paid you to say <laughs> that because that is one of my favorite parts of the book. I often find um, whenever I explain, talk about the book, I, if someone kind of makes a guttural, mm, <laughs> that's usually my signal that, oh, this worked, this something landed. Mm. And I often get that when, we, when I talk about this, the, the four non-present states. First, I like to be very real because so much of this can come across as woo-woo. Mm-hmm. And even though I go woo-woo a lot, I'm also a very, very, very normal person. I try to be. And the book is is written for people like me who hated meditation, who don't think they can do it. It's a book that says, you're already doing it. You may not call it meditation, but it's it's already happening. Even if you scroll on Instagram, if you do that to, as a way to escape, you're doing it. So looking at Vishla Instagram reels. 100%. <laughs> I love Vishlas, the, by the way. Yeah, I do too. The Vishlas are the best. But the dog content on Instagram is very strong. It is. and and But to answer your question, the first of all, it's easy. We, we love binaries. And whenever we create a binary like present and non-present states, it's so easy to vilify the non-present. People lionize the present and vilify the non-present. So the first thing I like to do is to tear that binary down. And and that's why at least two of those are positive. Hopes or dreams versus anxieties and nostalgia versus regret. 
all of them to some degree have appropriateness and place and value. So to put value in the non-present and put value in the present and then just recognize that's really the key. If you just simply recognize either during or after, I just had a moment of nostalgia. I just had a moment of regret. I just had a moment of presence. That that's how you string them together. That that's how they become habitual mm-hmm. and and have utility. And that's really what I care about, which is n- not the joy and peace and authenticity that comes from being present is great. But your our capacity to then take that power of being present and use it to find a solution when everybody else is cursing the darkness, to speak less abrasively, more persuasively, to do all those things that we actually all want to do no matter who we are. That to me is what's mm-hmm. cool about these four, these four things. And the other thing I like about it is over time, as we all try to be healthier, there has been this suggestion that you don't have to walk for an hour and a half straight during a day, that if you just get you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, it all adds up. And I felt like what your book is saying is that for busy people, of which we all are, you don't have to sit down and do an hour-long silent meditation, that you can break it up through the day, or you can have these little moments. And even if it's to just take one deep breath, to remember to take one deep breath, can all add up to being a healthier you. 100%. I mean, that's really well said. Do I need to add anything? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I do like to be everybody's press secretary. That is my, uh, I have been accused of that. But I thought that that was really interesting that if you feel like meditation might not be for you because you don't have an hour to spend every morning in silence, Ross gets it. And he's saying you don't have to do that. Well, and by the way, not to blow smoke, but like that's what's brilliant about press secretaries. I mean, gosh, I love, you know, CJ Craig. and Uh, and every. I mean, it's what's so incredible about what you do and what you did and is that clarity and concision and people love patterns. People love people love people who can connect dots. Mm-hmm. And that is so valuable. Wait, what was it that in the book you said that you wanted to call the book something else and you had an editor who said no? Well, and, and rightly said no. <laughs> and as I actually made a note that said your editor was right. Yeah, it was, it was called Thinning the Veil. And right. because basically the veils are like cloaks that we all have that, that separate us from who we want to be and veil is a you know not necessarily a perfect metaphor um but basically to your to your point remind me what the just original... that you don't have to sit down for an hour Thank every day you. you can do a little bit that adds up and even to go further back that it actually can be a breath I actually even find sometimes the best, the reason why I don't use meditation very often, but turning inward or introversion to look within is that we get stuck in this idea of meditation of what it should be. It's supposed to stop your thoughts. You can't stop your thoughts. Even if you have an apparent moment of stillness, you still notice it. So there is still an intellectual recognition. So I just, I try to dispel all of that and just say, if something gives you what you need. If it's a breath, it's pausing before you speak. If it's a great conversation, Mm -hmm. if it gives you what you need, then it is meditation. It has done the mediating, the ameliorating, the healing even that you were looking for and that most people look for when they sit down for meditation. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One of the things that you write about is something that concerns a lot of people, and that is the polarization in the country from either political or cultural or ideological reasons. And this is a year where there's going to be a lot of that as a potential in 2024 in an election year. But I don't think that this is confined to election years anymore. This is happening constantly. And people don't necessarily want it in their lives, but it's there. They're aware of it and they're concerned about it. What is your advice to people wanting to make sure they can keep calm and joyful, even in an election year? Well, certain, I, I like to always joke, uh, certain questions are above my pay grade. <laughs> and, you know, and I sit humbly, you know, in your presence and people who do this for a living. Um, that said, I also want to step up to the plate. This is, this is what I, you know, the, our ability to navigate difficulty is is part of what I do or what I like to strive to do. I think my best advice is a little bit of a paradox, a little bit of a pushback on the question of d- discord, that difficulty is always bad. Um, I don't know about you, but I some of the most profound moments, the most actually even joyful growth moments in my life have come from pain and suffering. I Sometimes I'll even say to people, if I could give you a pill, like right now, Dana, mm-hmm. if I could give you a pill where you it's would have... It's not the Joe Rogan podcast. But. Where, if, you, <laughs> <laughs> if you could have no more pain, no more suffering mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, would you take it? Right. Good question. What's your answer? No. And me too. It's so interesting because I just finished a big sweeping novel yesterday. Mm, it was a big World War II. Oh my gosh, the pain and the agony that these people went through from Hungary who were conscripted into the service. And I told my husband, I'm never going to complain about something again. And I felt very heavy through mm. the day. But if you don't ever have those feelings, you can't have the contrast. Exactly. And listen, and I don't want to be cavalier about pain and suffering, you know, depending upon your level of privilege and where you are in life. Yeah. You know, it is, I'm an incredibly blessed individual. And so I in no way want to ever imply that it's, that it should be condoned or, in, you know, sought. That said, given that it is a part of being human for me, the question is, you know, what what do we do about it? So first, my first bit of advice is step back from trying to have none of it, except that it is a part of, of life. And then something just very simple about looking, here's the paradox, looking inside is actually an aerial view. There is something the nebulousness of looking within is kind of like the, my favorite word, perspicacity, is like the ability to rise above and see patterns from an eagle eye view. And that has agency. 
you know, in a time when we don't feel like we can necessarily as individuals do mm-hmm. a lot, that has, it's empowering, it has utility. And it, again, when you see patterns, you might be the person that comes up with the solution that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. That might be like, look, we share so many things. I, I often, the, my favorite joke is when, you, when you're sitting across from someone who maybe you disagree with or maybe even openly detest, <laughs> you can say to yourself, their femur is also the largest bone in their body. Yes. Um, you talk about connection, that we are really all connected. And that, again, that's a woo statement that I believe. But it is true. But there is a truth to it. Yeah. I mean, we all... I mean, I don't know if anybody's on a space station right now, but we are all mostly on the same planet. Yeah. We, it, it's an obvious, we you get where I'm going, it's o- kind of an know, obvious. October 7th for the Israelis was really one of those things where they for months have been having this horrible political discord in their country with huge fights, uh, just splitting a country almost completely down the middle. October 7th happens and all of a sudden they're like, we're good. We're like, and there can be moments that bring people together like that. Nobody necessarily wants that. But one last tip you have in here that I... Do you mind if I interrupt? Uh, can you uh, yeah. tip, tell them? Because that was one of my favorite little moments of what TIP stood for. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. So I, first of all, I would like to shout out Eve uh, Minkler, who is Eve Adamson, who is my... I call her my co-writer. She's a mm-hmm. professional ghostwriter, but I, this wouldn't have happened without her. Right. And I felt like... You know, putting it on the cover. Right. She's, give her credit. Give her credit because it's a book about authenticity. That's good karma. I, you know, it's it's the right it's thing. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. And for me, at least. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I said, Eve, I think I've got this idea where turning in practices is a tip. So we've got quick tips and tips. Tips. So, so this was a tip. It says, go to bed angry. I don't know about that. I mean, I have gone to bed angry, but I don't like how I feel when I wake up. But this is a different tip, and I thought maybe I need to think about this a little bit differently. I'd like to t- – I can't take credit for that, and I unfortunately don't remember who taught that to me, but that was – well, almost everything in the book was some – I'm passing on wisdom from my teachers. Um, yeah, I – first of all, I believe it. I practice mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm married to um, a British citizen – uh, Me too. Yeah, I know that about we share. <laughs> see, we share. Um, and it's really tough to argue with Brits. I'm from Texas and oh my I gosh, love to everything, argue. But everything they say, that they make it sound like they're smarter. Well, my husband actually is smarter. Yeah, so. <laughs> mine too. <laughs> so I, here's the thing. I, again, it's goes, it's, I, it's a, I, I, this is going to sound repetitive, but anger is not all bad. I, I anger is my go-to. I that's my surprises me, but yeah. oh boy, yeah. I I often like to joke about when you're getting off an airplane, and you know the people behind you try to get off before you. I'm like, have you not been on an airplane before? Do you not know the way this works? Yeah, and I read in your book, and you said, but then you can sit there and think, well, wait, I don't know what their circumstances are. Maybe they're rushing to the hospital, and then and to take a moment to say a little blessing for them. Bingo. And but there but therein lies the rub is that it did not happen at first. That is years and years yeah, of recognizing the anger and then saying, anger, it's it's natural, don't push it down. But how do I catalyze the anger into a courageous statement like maybe maybe they have a, a sick mm-hmm. um spouse? that they're rushing to get to. I remember at the White House, there was one day when I left, uh, maybe it was around 
2008 probably and I caught a glimpse of myself in the side mirror after my husband picked me up and I looked so hard and angry like with the set of my jaw that I I remember it so clearly like I, I don't recognize myself and I think this was some good advice and I wanted to add, ask you one more tip before I ask you a few closing questions which is you have in here something about when you have acted small Hmm. you know, what to do. And I feel like that can happen a lot, especially with sarcasm. Sometimes it sounds funny to us. It doesn't sound funny on the other side. Or when those moments when I have been small, I really beat myself up about it and I always want to over-apologize to whoever I offended. Me too. Um, I have one of my, when I would teach teacher trainings, I use the, I like the construction of either alarm bells or antenna. And the the story about being small was that I was trying I was trying to actually do the right thing, but deep down I was actually being manipulative. Mm-hmm. And then the, the I connected later with uh, the person who it was with and um and that was her words to me that you were being small Ross. And I I love physics and geometrics and so it made sense to me to to then associate with my antenna, my alarm bell, of when I felt what I felt in that moment, because I could recall it. So all of a sudden... It's like you can remember that more than anything else. Right. I always say to people, like, what's your favorite food? Um, steak. Can you taste it without... Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. So we have the ability to access things even though they're not present. So I can access what it felt like when I was being small, being a jerk, and... When I feel it, I hold back and don't act like that. So it's an antenna, it's an alarm bell that can go off when you're not being the person who you want so to be. So it's interesting you say that because it just occurred to me that um, at the White House, one of the things that I would always think about is when a reporter would be asking a question in a briefing, often I knew more than they did, right? And mm-hmm. so I could lower that over them if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I could also think of some really sarcastic and hilarious to me mm-hmm. responses to their questions and make them look stupid. But I remember always thinking I would bite my tongue because I would think, if President Bush were watching me right now, would he be proud? Mm. And if the answer was no, then I didn't say it. And I've sort of held that with me. And I remember when I first came to Fox um, and I moved to New York, Greg Gutfeld invited me to be on Red Eye, which was a very irreverent show. And it, it was an amazing show. And it really helped bring me out of my shell. And I give him credit for that. But I remember one night on air laughing to the point of tears, actual tears, because uh, one of the panelists said, what if George Bush were watching you right now? And I said, oh my gosh, I pray he isn't. And I started crying because I thought, mm. what if he actually was? And um, I, it obviously maybe he might laugh and he wasn't up at three o'clock in the morning watching that show. So that wasn't a big deal, but it is one of those things where you can think of like, would, would if, it's, if it's God or if it's a friend, if it's your husband, if it's your mom, or if it's your dad or your sister, if they're not going to be proud of you and it would hurt you to hurt them, then you can pull it back. I think that's wonderful. Um, I I had a recent, my, my mom, um, I hope she won't mind me telling the story, but we were kind of working on how to be our best selves, a similar conversation. And we, uh, she offered, it was Thanksgiving and she did the Thanksgiving. It was just the two of us, but she said a blessing before Thanksgiving. And I noticed the, the tone in her voice, it lowered. 
And so after the blessing, I said, you know, mom, like, that's your metric. Like, if you want to have something to guide you about what to say, pretend like you're saying it a blessing. Mm. And because I, I know how much you, I know who you are in that moment. And that could be a way that you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. And the one caveat, though, is, and this is, this goes to the book, is remembering that President Bush listening to you or saying it in a prayer, remember that those are gateways to an inner resonance and inner experience. So that, for instance, if it's Instagram, if it's social media, if it's a glass of wine that gets you to the place where you need to be, that you don't confuse the catalyst with the ultimate motivation from inside. And that mm. you trust that you don't necessarily need the vehicle at some point, that you've got it already within and that's what you access. A couple of closing questions and that not necessarily having to do with the book, but do you have an opinion on what is a good mix of cardio strength, yoga in somebody's fitness life as people are getting into January and wanting to hold on to their resolutions? Yes, I do. Okay. Oh, did you want to know what it was? Yes. <laughs> what is it? That was me What's being snarky. That was me being snarky, <laughs> yes. by the way. If President Bush is watching <laughs> you right now. Um, you're going to not like my answer because it's it's so that I believe prescription is fantastic. Prescription at scale is very challenging. Um, I You have to know you. Are you someone who has trouble with commitment and diligence? If so, then you need to be more formulaic and follow some advice mm-hmm. and stick with things that are going to help you with that. If you're someone who's more like me, more type A, and you're going to try to do everything, you probably need to be a little bit more carefree and enter, for instance, like I encourage with yoga, um, do it when you really want to do it. Do it when, like, sometimes I'll go to the gym. I go to the gym a lot at work. I used to joke that I had to come out as a weightlifter because <laughs> uh, in yoga it was a little <laughs> bit frowned upon, at least back <laughs> in the old school days. Um but I sometimes will go to the gym and leave. If I'm having a bad workout, I don't do it. So it depends on who you are. All right, because I would do yoga every day if I could. But then I, I, I actually liked getting on the bike because I don't love to do cardio, but that is the cardio that I have stuck with. I've done it now for five years. I love it. And just a big plug, too, for mm-hmm. my new favorite rowing. We have a, we have a rower. Yes. And, and like, a rower. I would rather do anything but rowing. But maybe one day I'll give it a try. See, we share. I might try. We share certain things and then we don't. This we is do. perfect. <laughs> one of the things I love about your classes is you you, lo- you use a lot of corny humor, jokes, and you are you think people aren't laughing on the other side. Take it from me. I'm laughing. I think that they're great. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. corny joke? Oh, my gosh. I have so many. Um, I, I, first of all, let me just say I learned a long time ago that I wasn't funny. Um but I often found that what I could do is I could not be funny intentionally and then make fun of the fact that I wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. And that always got a laugh. And my reason for telling, I mean, not to dispel, like, I don't mean to pull the curtain back and ruin it for you, but it's so easy for people to assume that yoga is sacrosanct, that it is this, you know, perfect lumen. Um, and then it's so serious. It's so serious. Right? Like this, you've got to be in this, right. you know, liminal state all the time. And um, and it's just not true. 
it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to remind us has that life is a dance. Bring you know? it. To, has it helped you make yoga yoga more fun because you at Peloton play music along with it? It does help. It yeah. do, I love music. I've always practiced with music. The one argument against music is that it can be an escape. So I always try to. I always make sure in my classes at least there's somewhat of a theme, some kind of of context that doesn't necessarily have to be heavy handed spirituality, but can be like. You know, may I do my best? May I be present? But um, my, I'll give you because I don't want to totally sidestep your question. Do you know who uh, the best celebrity is to eat breakfast with? No, Reese with her spoon. <laughs> I knew that one actually. <laughs> I mean, with a spoon, with a spoon. Um, you've talked about the blessing, and I thought that that was a lovely part of the mm-hmm. book, and I'm glad you did that. Uh, what does Ross Rayburn? do as a new year's resolution what, what do you do, do you have you, one i don't you, so I don't. have you given up on resolutions i've never i i have i've never really done them i i believe again this is going to sound like you know a politic answer but i believe if they work for you do them mm-hmm. um i personally gosh this boy talk about woo woo i am a believer that the time construction like the new year's is it it, it is just a thing it's just it's a it is it's true it's just a day and i i'm a big believer in when i am motivated to do something i i've never had a problem with motivation no you're type a dude i am and i love that and i'm i consider that one of like talk about blessings i consider that one of the greatest blessings well, the book is wonderful. I'm just looking through again just to make sure I haven't like skipped everything. I'm, there's so much more in here. I, I'm so glad we had the conversation and that we could bring it to so many people who listen to the Fox News Rundown. Perhaps we end, and I'm trying to find it here, and maybe I don't need to find it for you, but I was wondering if you want to provide the blessing here for our listeners. And do you know where it is in the book? Yeah, it is. It's at the end of the epilogue. Here it is. Ah, I marked it here. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to put on my glasses. All right. Because I I think we're the same age. I have my glasses too. I am, I am about want to... Want me to put my glasses on too? Do you want to also know something that drives mm-hmm. all of my friends crazy? You know, the, I believe in truthfulness. Okay. And I also believe in embracing the future. Yeah. And so when you, know, when you finish your first year, what do you call it? Of... You're, you are... One years old? One. Mm-hmm. So we connote our age by the year that we finish. Okay, you're right. So the moment you're in, you're you're starting your right. next year. Right, the so next year. I was born in 1971, mm-hmm. so I'm almost at the end of my 53rd I year. I see. Okay. And people hate that. Right. But I'm a big believer that you're... They, no, they do that in South Korea as well. How did you know? That's... I, because I, my I taught friend, in Seoul. I how do I that know that? Know, because yes. Jonathan Morris and his wife, Caitlin, she was adopted from a family... Uh, she was born in South Korea, grew up in Pennsylvania, and also... My friend Porter, who runs Fox News Digital, his wife is Hee Chen, also Korean. And I went to the big celebration of the end of the first year. Oh, my God. I love South Korea. Yeah. I taught teacher trainings for yeah. years in Seoul. And I love the Korean cult. South Korean culture is so joyful. I would love when, when – because I would teach with a translator, even though I learned a little bit of Korean. Um, I would love when I would tell a joke – and the people that actually secretly spoke English would laugh. They would laugh. Oh, uh, those favorite. are the best. That's fun. That's a little giggle, a little giggle moment. All right, here's the blessing from Ross. 
May you always remember your true self as an infinite source of love and grace. May you always remember that it is your birthright to live your truth. May you always remember that the vicissitudes of the world can never extinguish your inner peace. And may you always remember that you are filled with the fortitude and the power to continually become more of who you already are. That's beautiful. Congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. All right. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.